passionate about the truth of God's Word and will tell you like it is, Autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years, and mom of four kids, and not to mention, everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Everybody, it is your girl, Autumn Miles. I hope you guys are doing amazing out there today. I hope you are enjoying the spring. I'm obsessed with spring. Like, I love the birds and all that kind of stuff. So, I am loving it, um, loving this spring. Uh, and I hope you guys are enjoying it as well. Thank you for joining me today. We la 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 love you. Um, I want to just say in the beginning of the show, in case you have to like go run and like help a kid or something and you don't get back to the show for a minute. Um, we love to hear from you and we are hearing from you and we love it. So I want you to, if you want to reach out, ask a question, um, just a comment or get in touch with us for any reason, you can email us at hello at autumnmiles.com. Also, if you're not already, and I know a lot of you guys do, following on social, um, follow, uh, you can follow Autumn Miles on Instagram, Autumn Miles on Facebook. I'm, I'm like, I've said this multiple times. I'm not a huge fan of Twitter. I'm never on it ever. So don't follow us over there because you'll never see anything. Uh, but those are our two primary ways to communicate. And then, of course, uh, duh, uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you can. And you can reach out to us that way as well. I want you guys to understand that we appreciate each and every email, comment, suggestion, encouragement. You guys have been sending so much encouragement lately, and it's like wonderful for me and for my team. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I want to talk to you a little bit about, as we start the show today, um, something that's just really been on my heart lately. Um, my husband and I, you know, we've got our four children, which we love, like, so much. Um, but we also love each other. <laughs> and at the beginning of the year, my husband and I really have, we have devoted so much of our lives to ministry, to other people, to our children, to our families. And we have just really, we really, at the beginning of this year, especially coming out of last year, we were, I don't know, I don't want to say committed because that's not it because duh, we're always committed, but almost severely intentional, if you will. We made a decision at the beginning of this year when, um, and I wouldn't even say it's like, it wasn't a New Year's resolution. It was just like a severe commitment and intentionality to investing hardcore into us our marriage that is. And I'm telling you what, we, I'll probably write a book on this. Like, just to be honest with you, Eddie and I've always had a good marriage. It's not something that, you know, we were trying to like, whatever. I mean, but we, we just really felt like over the years we could do more for each other. And, um, so that has really been on my heart. This year, we have been very committed to the date night. We've done, we always go away for our anniversary, but just tiny little 24 hours here, 24 hours there away just with us. And I am telling you what, it is 
been so fun, like super, super fun. Even if it's a short amount of time, we have grabbed that time and made the best of it. And uh, we have been just severely intentional, so much so that all of my kids are asking us questions about, um, you know, marriage and all this kind of stuff. Um, my At least my two older ones are. And I just want and felt like, because we did this last week, we got away for a very short time, just the two of us, in the vein of being severely intentional. And we were just talking about how wonderful it is to do that. And I felt super strong. Those of you out there, you know, especially in like the throes of raising kids and the responsibilities and, you know, everything that we have faced and all that kind of stuff this year, I want to encourage you to do that. Now, I've always encouraged people to do this, but it's almost like putting a severe intentionality on this part of our lives has uh, just really encouraged both of us. And we we have laughed so much in the last couple of months because we get to be together and um, we, both of us are hyper committed to this. So those of you out there that are like, oh my goodness, me and my husband or me and my wife are like two ships passing in the night and we don't, you know, our kids are so high maintenance right now. And oh my gosh, I've got a newborn and a two-year-old and a three-year-old or whatever. You have to be very good at seizing the moment and seizing the time. And I get it. I've got a full schedule with lots of kids too, but I want to encourage you today. If you're listening and you find yourself, you love your husband, you love your wife, you, you do make each other a priority, but you, you just kind of want to go maybe even to another level, get severely intentional with them about time with them, about when you're with them, remind yourself why you got married in the first place and have fun with them, laugh with them. My year, uh, my word of the year, if you don't remember, was laugh. And I mean, last, last week, Eddie and I laughed the whole entire time. And it's so refreshing to just know that we are both severely committed to the same thing. Don't give up press in. Um, I have often said that uh, divorce is very expensive. It costs emotions. It costs, uh, you know, futures. It costs, everyone kind of suffers from divorce. And working on your marriage and making it better is always emotional and, you know, investing in your marriage takes money and takes just a mental almost reset sometimes, but it is so much better than the alternative. So for those of you out there that are like, I don't know what, have a conversation with your spouse and say, listen, let's grab 30 minutes here. Let's grab two hours there. Let's, if we have a day where neither one of us have anything on the schedule, let's see if grandma can come and watch the kids. Let's do a day trip or something like that. And I am telling you what, 
in in a world that doesn't value marriage as much as God does, it will radically encourage you. And I believe it will set you on such a healthy path. So I love you. Those are my thoughts today. I could have shared 565 things that are going on in my life right now, but I really, really want to encourage you guys to get real serious and intentional and just really gangster about y'all's marriages and invest in them. Okay. Catch me right after the break with the word from the word. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Does it seem like God is answering everyone's prayers but yours? Do you want to see results from your prayer life? Do you feel as if you are a professional Christian with an amateur prayer life? If so, Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer, is for you. Autumn Miles wrote Gangster Prayer because she herself experienced disappointment from years of praying with little results. Gangster Prayer will show you how to unlearn bad habits in prayer and build your prayer life on a foundation of faith and not doubt. Get your copy of Gangster Prayer today at autumnmiles.com or anywhere books are sold. Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey, 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 I am back from the break. Okay, so I want to get right to it. Uh, I was in worship on Sunday morning, and um, uh, I just love worship. It is just everything. I love, 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 love it. And I'm sitting there and um, really just sort of taking in the last couple of weeks that Eddie and I have had. And in the last couple of weeks, we have just had uh, multiple conversations with men, women, everyone, couples that aren't, and we're actually going to do a podcast on this here. They're setting it up right now. but. They're not unchurched people. They're just detached church people. And we've been having these conversations and they have been just really enlightening to me. And I'm thinking through all of these people and all these conversations and everything that we've had of people that are just like in this season, like I'm just kind of stepping back from the church. My church doesn't really fit me anymore or whatever. And so I'm having all of these thoughts because the conversations have been plentiful. And the Lord through worship uh, in church on Sunday morning said one line to me, and I want to encourage you with that today. He said this, cling to the root, cling to the root cling to the root. Okay. I thought I knew what he was saying um, when the spirit spoke this over me on Sunday morning. And I couldn't wait to get home because I went home and I knew exactly the passage that the Holy Spirit was referencing, which was from John 15, which is about pruning the whole idea of pruning. I'm going to read it to you in just a second. But as I read the passage, it read very different than what I thought the Lord was implying on Sunday morning. And this is what I have deduced from that word from the Lord. A lot of us are in the situation of pulling back from the church, not being involved, not even going back to church, not knowing what to do with church, 
because this past year has been incredibly difficult and maybe we have been pruned back hard core. Now, I'm talking to those of you today that are have been pruned back so severely that it has caused you to think, what in the world do I do with God? It seems as if God has left. It seems as if God has left my situation, my life. Uh, he hasn't, but maybe that's how you feel right now. Over the course of the past year or two years or whatever it is, you know, we can lose things like lose an opportunity or maybe lose our job or lose that relationship or lose that mindset or whatever. And and God is pruning those things out of our life. But what we think is happening is Satan is attacking us. Now, I want to put something in here real quick. A lot of times God is pruning us, but we assume Satan is attacking us. And they mirror. They feel exactly the same way. And sometimes the only way that we know that it's God pruning us is after we're through the pruning. Okay? So Satan could very well be attacking you right now. But I'm speaking specifically to those people that are just being pruned severely. You look around at your life and you're like, what in the world even happened to my life right now? I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea. Everyone's left. My relationship has left. I, my opportunities have left or whatever. That's kind of who I'm talking to. Okay. And that's what I believe the Lord was telling me to tell you today. I actually came home and did a Facebook live really quick because I wanted to encourage those of you that follow along on Facebook. Because what we're doing is the Lord is pruning us, and I'm about to read the passage, but the Lord may be pruning you. He may be pruning us as a big C church, the church in general. But he doesn't ever prune the branches away to kill the plant. Ever. The goal of God in pruning things back in your life is not to kill your spirit. It is not to kill your future. That's what Satan does. He is here to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to give us life and to give it more abundantly. So hear me on this. The Lord is not being mean to you, pruning things out of your life. He is not doing it to kill your spirit or, or, or anything like that. When he prunes a believer back and prunes things out of a believer's life, his goal is to produce more fruit. So if you are being pruned way back right now, and it's like cutting you to the core, you is actually a good thing. Because God sees something in you that he wants to utilize so that you and your life can produce more fruit, more fruit. He does not want to kill your spirit. He does not want you to throw church away or your relationship with him away. He does not want you to step away from the community of believers. That is not his heart. Yes, pruning can be very, very difficult. I know because I have been pruned multiple, multiple times. 
But the goal of God is always for your good to produce more fruit. And what he's taken away in your life was not fruitful to begin with. I want to read John 15 to you. Uh, it says right here, John 15, one says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, every branch that bears fruit, if you are a branch on the true vine that is bearing fruit, pruning will be a part of your life. He t- he gives us this almost love letter in John 15 to warn us and to encourage us at the same time. If you are a branch that is bearing fruit, John 15 uh, to every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. The pruning is not for you to throw everything away. The pruning is so he can produce more through you. It is a good thing. It's not a perspective that we have when we're going through pruning. We don't say, oh, thank you, God, for taking all this stuff out of my life. I really appreciate that, okay? Or maybe you do and you're way more spiritual than I do. Pruning is painful. It is difficult. It is hard. You wonder sometimes why God takes things out of your life. You question, why in the world, Lord, are you taking this out of my life? Here's why. Because God sees the end from the beginning. He sees what has become an idol in your life. He sees what is not healthy in your life. He sees the things that you don't see. He sees an unhealthy attachment in your life to something that is not bearing fruit. It is a dead thing. And he loves you too much to keep a dead branch in your life when he sees it can be removed and replaced with something that actually is alive and is bearing fruit. Every branch, if you're a branch that's bearing any fruit whatsoever, expect the pruning. It should be a mark of encouragement to you, not a mark of discouragement to you. In all these conversations that my husband and I have had in the last couple, I guess it's been a month now, we found that because of the pruning process, People have thrown away everything about God because things have been taken away that they didn't agree with being taken away. People are literally choosing not to go back to church, not to, you know, spend time in God's word. And that is not what God wants. On Sunday morning, his word to me was, cling to the root. The enemy during a severe time of pruning wants us to focus on what was lost. But if this is you, and if I'm talking to you today, I want you to turn your attention to what you still have. You still have and are connected to the true cling even though it doesn't make sense even though you don't understand it 
even though it is so incredibly hard for you to do, even though it might take a mental shift, even though it is against everything that common sense is telling you right now, I want you to grab a hold of that root of the true vine so tightly and do not let it go. Because if God is pruning you and he's pruned you way back, I'm telling you what, he will regrow those branches back that are more fruitful than you have ever seen in your life. Cling. We have lost the art of the cling, clinging so tightly to God's word, clinging so tightly to the promises of God. We, we're just, we would rather, uh, some would rather, not all of us, I certainly wouldn't, but some would rather throw everything away rather than cling and say, God, this doesn't make any sense to me right now. I do not know why I'm going through this season right now. And I don't have to know. All I need to know is that you haven't left me, you're there for me, and you are going to sustain me during this time. Cling, cling to the root. I can't remember off the top of my head if it was Joshua or Gideon, but this one phrase, I, I, I think it was Gideon. This one phrase has stuck with me for so many years after I read it years ago. And the phrase was, so he clung to the word of God. We've lost the art of clinging to truth. We've lost it. Clinging isn't hard. I'm not saying that what you're going through is easy. I'm definitely not. I absolutely 100% know that a pruning season is very, very difficult. But what will be more difficult for you is stepping completely away from God and the things of God and the church. That will be more difficult for you in the long run, for sure, than clinging. I know to some, church feels weird right now. I know to some, um, it's almost like your church doesn't fit you anymore. Uh, you know, I know for some things just kind of feel weird or whatever. And those are the times that we don't throw out the root. We cling to the root of the true vine that cannot ever under any circumstances be uprooted. We're doing the opposite of what God wants us to do. He wants us to press in and cling, not throw it all away. Because if you're being pruned and you're still here, he sees the potential in you to produce more fruit. Wouldn't it be a travesty if we walked away from God and the things of God and church and all this stuff and God was simply pruning us back just so that we could have more fruit in our lives? Wouldn't that be a travesty? And yet that's what's happening. Um, I want to read 5 John 15, 4. It says this, abide cling. It's almost the same same type, type of idea that I just shared. It says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless, oh my goodness, it is connected to the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I want you to press in, friend. 
I want you to do the opposite thing of what you feel like doing right now. In a world that everyone's saying, you know, stay home and, you know, watch church on TV. Listen, church on TV is fine, but it will absolutely never, 100% ever produce for you what's standing in an audience with hundreds, tens, or thousands of believers that are all screaming out to God, worshiping him, praying collectively together. It will encourage you like no other. I want you guys to understand this. Focus on what you have in Christ and not what you've lost. Shift your focus. And I'm telling you in time, you will be so glad that you did. Focus on what you have. Multiple times in my life, I, it seems as if I've lost ever. I, I had lost everything. Opportunities. One, when I was divorced 20 years ago, uh, everyone left me. I had no, I literally left with no friends <laughs> in a town I had lived in for 22 years. I left my town with no friends, no, I had nothing. And literally before pre-divorce, I had, you know, all these friends and all this stuff. But I knew that God was working and I clung to him harder during that time uh, than I had ever had up until that point in my life. I clung and let me tell you something, not only did he regrow fruit in my life, he produced a life that was far greater than I could ever imagine for my own self. He was all I had and he was all that I actually needed. We have these trees out front of our house and they're beautiful trees. I love a tree. Listen, thank God, God takes care of the trees because if I was, if it was up to me to water it and stuff like that, I'd probably kill it. I have the worst green thumb of all time. We have these beautiful trees in front of our house. And last year um, I noticed, I went out there, they're beautiful. They're growing really fast. And I noticed that the, there was several dead branches from the tree. Um, on the bottom, you know, they're kind of hanging down and I'm thinking, you know, we probably could get rid of these branches. I don't want them to like fall on a kid. Like all my kids love to like swing from trees and stuff. So I I told my husband, you know, we need to call the gardener guy, like the guy that deals with the trees, an arborist, I think he was called technical term there. And, um, we need to call him. We need to get him out here. And he came out and they pruned back our trees and I'm not going to lie. It looked awful. It looked really weak and really like the tree just looked kind of sad. <laughs> it was like it, it it was so full and it was so beautiful. And then all of a sudden the arborist came and he took all these dead branches off the tree and it like it just looked kind of like kind of sad, like a sad tree. But you know what I noticed last week as I was going to get my mail? These same trees that last year looked so incredibly sad and almost pathetic because they had been pruned back were beautiful. Their leaves were huge and pretty like they have never been before. And I thought to myself, what if we hadn't have pruned all those dead things off of that tree? I wonder if it would be so pretty. 
understand now, maybe you you feel kind of sad. You feel kind of pathetic. You feel kind of weak. Maybe your life looks just tired. And, and I mean, I don't know. This is not the time to separate from the true vine that will nourish and sustain you. This is the time, just like the Lord told me on Sunday morning, to cling, white-knuckle it as much as you can to the true vine who will sustain you. His word will sustain you. His principles will sustain you. His love will sustain you. His grace will sustain you. His mercy, it will sustain you. His goodness, it will sustain you. His providence, it will sustain you. Press in. Cling. Cling to the root. And in time, my sweet friend, you will see that God saw so much potential in you all along. And he saw that he was only taking things out of your life so that he could produce more fruit for you, in you, and through you. I love you, my friend. I'm going to pray for you before we go to a break and I'll answer a question from one of you. Lord, I just pray for that spirit today. That church does feel odd right now. Even their relationship with you just feels odd. They don't understand the calls maybe that you've allowed in their life. They don't understand just the direction their life has taken. They they just are looking around and they're saying to themselves, what has happened to my life? Spirit of the living God, I pray that you would rejuvenate their soul. God, I pray that you would encourage them in a way that they could only attribute to you. I pray that you would bring life into their dead bones, Lord, just like you did in Ezekiel 37. I pray, Spirit of the living God, that you would encourage them in a way that would become legendary in their life. Lord, I pray that you would encourage them to press on, press through, press in, rather than to step back and sever ties with you and with the body of Christ. We love you, Lord, and we trust you. We trust you with our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'm going to answer a question from you right after the break, but I hope that encouraged you. It's a big deal right now. It's a big trend that we're seeing, and I feel like Satan is getting the glory every time we step back away from the true vine. I'll see it right after the break. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? 
Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministry, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab, Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, back from the break. I love you guys. I say all the stuff that I say in love, you know. I, I get it. I get what it's like to be tempted to step away. I get it. I get it. I've been tempted the same thing, okay? But I say it in love because I know the heart of God is that he is passionately in love with you. And um, he wants you to go deeper. He doesn't want you to give up. Okay. I have a question from a listener. I love this question. I think a lot of people think this. And I'm I'm super glad to receive it because I really would like to set the record straight. The question from a follower is this. Even as a Christian, I struggle with... Why pray when God is going to do what he wants anyway? How do you find encouragement and the drive to continue praying when at times it feels pointless? I am going to read that question again. Even as a Christian, I struggle with why pray when God is going to do what he wants anyway? How do you find encouragement and the drive to continue praying when at times it feels pointless? Now, listen, I wrote a book. It's called Gangster Prayer. If you're struggling in your prayer life, go get it, okay? I think uh, one of our commercials is actually about gangster prayer. This struck me so hardcore because this question right here is bad, bad, not good theology. Why pray when God is going to do what he wants anyway? I want to push back on this question a little bit because the scripture talks about really the opposite. Um, The Bible tells us to come boldly before the throne of grace. The Bible tells us in Luke about the widow that went before the unjust judge. And Jesus says, you must pray at all times and not lose heart. Moses changed the heart of God. God listened to, oh my goodness, Joshua, when Joshua asked for the sun to stand still. So this right here is not good theology. You actually can pray extremely specifically for things that you need, want, or desire in your life. And God will hear our prayer. Now, Does his answer always match up and equal what you want him to do? No, it doesn't. Because he always has your best in mind. He always has your one. He doesn't have your good in mind. He has your best in mind. He is going to do the 100% best thing for you. So 
Sometimes God says no. But let me tell you, I wrote an entire section on my book in Gangster Prayer. God, his character alone is giving. We see God giving the Garden of Eden to Adam and Eve. And in Genesis, he gave them a beautiful earth to cultivate and to enjoy. We see in the New Testament, him giving us his son. So the the character of God is the most giving character of anyone ever. Okay. So this is bad theology. Why pray when God is going to do what he wants anyway? God doesn't do what he wants in order to harm you or to be mean or to be cruel. He does what's best for you. If you think this, I want to tell you, you're not correct. Because the Bible talks about, in the New Testament specifically, Jesus answering so many people that came to him and asked for healing and he healed them. So many people that came to him and asked for their child to be the demon to be cast out of their child, and he answered them. So many people that were lame, he answered them. Blind, received sight, he answered them. So God does answer our prayers. He is willing. And his answer will produce for you what is best for you. There's been times that I have prayed that I'm like, you know, this is kind of a Hail Mary prayer. I really don't know if this is going to work. I bet God is not going to do this. And God comes through and he does the exact specific thing that I have asked for. This is an excuse not to pray. Why pray when God is going to do what he wants? This is the enemy getting in someone's mind and telling him, you don't, don't pray if God's going to just do what he wants anyway. This is the enemy stealing the power of your prayer life. And this is bad theology and the entire Bible speaks to the opposite of it. Sorry, I'm passionate about this, but I wrote a whole book on it and prayer is literally the lifeblood of my life. So I don't want anyone to leave this podcast today with this kind of mentality. Why pray when God is going to do what he wants anyway? The Bible actually says the opposite. Ask, seek, and you will find. He tells us to ask because he wants to give good gifts to his children. That'll do it for me today. I love you guys so much. And I hope this encouraged you. You are on my heart. I am praying for you. We'll see you next week on the Autumn Mile Show. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show.